Welcome to the 41st episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Mark Dibidu. Mark has always had a passion for entrepreneurship. He wanted to get involved in business ever since he worked at a grocery store in high school. When Mark was in high school, he took an online marketing course. He went to college for a bit. He hoped he would learn from the experts. Unfortunately, he didn't learn any of the practical aspects of marketing or business there. He felt it was a waste of his time. He met his mentor, who eventually became his co-founder for his current business, Coach Lab, an all-in-one platform that helps coaches and consultants launch products, subscriptions, and much more. Learn how Mark learned marketing and utilize it to help his current business grow. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash no degree. Every contribution is appreciated. This show is impossible without you. Let's get the show started. Hey, Mark, can you give a brief introduction of what you sort of do today? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm one of the founders at Coach Lab, and basically, what we do it's an all-in-one platform for coaches and consultants to build their brand more quickly and effectively. You know, we realize over time that you know a lot of coaches just just want to coach; they don't want to spend you know a lot of time just increasing their workload. A WordPress has this problem where you always have to add plugins and add-ons stuff like that. So we're giving them all the tools that they need. So you know, so template funnels, store, so they can create their product subscription. They can also have a calendar, you know, and, and et cetera, just to have everything in one platform so they don't have to have the hassle to search for everything. Wow, that's awesome. How'd you get the idea for that? I was a uh, consultant at first, and then my co-founder was a consultant. He was my mentor before we became my co-founder. We were kind of picking bef- like what we wanted to do on uh, this market because we uh, had the product ready to go, but we just wanted to know which market you want to go to. And um, we realized that a lot of coaches and consultants have this problem where they just want to do the work instead of actually like increasing the workload with stuff they don't want really want to do. We tried it out to see if coaches would be a good fit. And so far, we have no regrets. And we went from Swift site to Coach Lab, and we have no regrets going in that direction. That's so cool. Now, let's kind of take it back. How was high school like for you? And what did you want to become in high school? What I wanted to become in high school was like a majority of many things. Like I would change like every single day what I wanted to do. Architect would be a cool idea. Um, at one point, I wanted to be a some sort of a YouTuber for sure. Around that space as well, and even um, carpentry was something that I was interested on. But I also always had in the back of my mind that I just always wanted to not having somebody like in the back of my ear telling me what to do. And then I, I didn't really know what, how business worked back in the day. I wouldn't even like think of like owning a business back then. Does any high school kid really know how businesses run, right? We have the ideas like, hey, you just make money and, but it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. But um, one of the things I, re- I realized is that like high school didn't really prepare me to do business. So I had to learn everything on my own. And when I was going to college, uh, when I was in 12th, 12th grade going going to college, I wanted to learn how marketing worked because uh, I was talking to my brother a lot and he's in business as well. And he was like, you know, like uh, marketing is a good skill to learn. So like, you know, you should learn how um, marketing works. So I said, sure. So the day after I graduated high school, I started to take this online course, which it was, it was about um, going from zero to 60 in digital marketing, whether it was a job or just entrepreneur or not. It's Basically, for me, it was just to like learn how marketing worked. And it was a great, like a really great course for me to begin how marketing worked. And then I was going to college and I was, and I was curious. And I was like, I hope like college actually teaches what this, these type of people like teach because they're actual experts in this industry. So I hope college uh, talks about that as well. And I went to college 
that was uh, farther from the truth. I mean, like I was asking the teacher, I was like, hey, like, are we going to learn about like SEO? Are we going to learn about email marketing? Are we going to learn about social media? It's like, yeah, 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 no problem. We're going to learn all that. We never learned a single thing about that. <laughs> and then when I was in college, I just felt like it was a, a waste of time at one point because I was, I was like, well, look at all these experts and making online courses about, you know, learning all the things you need to learn about business and marketing. And I'm just here stuck in college, just learning about like, how to make a, a billboard ad. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I just felt like I was stuck in, in college. You know, at one point I was, um, I was kind of depressed being in college and that was like the first year. And then in, before the, the second year, when I was in summer, I actually found my, my mentor, who is my co-founder to this day. He taught me more about marketing than anybody else. You know, he was a great person to, to learn by. Um, he ran a, um, community called the uh, gridless life, which is people that just want to live a simple life and not uh, have all these technologies. And I was running his social media and stuff like that. And that way I learned how to do social media marketing, all this stuff. And then he seen my progression that I was making over time. And then fast forward uh, um, under a year later, he asked me, Hey, do you want to be a co-founder to what I'm doing? I said, absolutely. Wow. So how did you meet your mentor? It was a referral from my brother. I had an idea in my head that I need to have a mentor, which is like everybody, I think everybody needs a mentor, right? I was like, do you know anybody as good at marketing that I can learn from? He said, yeah, sure. So a few days later, he comes back and uh, he said, hey, uh, I know this guy, Dave, you know, he's pretty good at marketing. He used to work in an incubator before, you know, he's really smart. So I said, sure. So we, uh, I messaged him and then we went back and forth. And then a few days later, we uh, decided to meet. And essentially, I thought it was going to be like maybe like a, 30, 40 minute conversation at, ended up being about like three hours. <laughs> wow. So that's, we, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like we built that, this amazing connection and he even told me the, the other day, it's like the, the first time we met, like I can already tell you could be a, a good co-founder, even though you didn't have the right skills at the time. I was like, you know, that, that's pretty good. Right. And, you know, keep in mind that like, um, my mentor Dave is not like a few years older than me. How old are you? Just to tell the audience. Yeah. I'm 20 years old. And uh, my mentor is more, uh, uh, he's in his uh, 40s here. Um, I think he's 42. He's a young guy. I mean, he's high energetic. He's super happy, super positive all the time. So I'm super happy that um, I got him as a co-founder. And we share a lot of the same core values as well, which is something that is really more important, right? When you have a co-founder, it's like, it's like worse than marriage because like you get to see them every single day, right? So you better hope that like you pick the, co- the good co-founder. So did you have any like part-time jobs? throughout high school or something like that? When I was uh, in high school in my last year, I used to work at a, a Sobeys there at the grocery store. And that's when I realized like, I don't want to work for someone because <laughs> like people telling me what to do is it feels like micromanaging and, and I just don't like that. Before that, I used to work as a night guard from my uncle's trailer park, which was like the chillest job in the world because I can work at the same time that I was uh, night guarding. So that was pretty much my uh, career as like a, the high school student. Nice, nice. Now, how'd you sort of start the social media for your mentor like how'd that happen yeah like i i think it was just like something that uh he just didn't want to work on and he just like asked me so uh one day i was like uh i was just working and he called me he said hey like um do you want to do my social media stuff i have a lot of things on my plate and i just don't have time for that you know do you want to do it and plus it will give you experience on social media marketing i said totally and then i started doing that and then i did it for a good four, five months. And then I started my first startup, which uh, unfortunately, I didn't work. And then I after that, he asked me to be a co-founder. 
So I was pretty lucky that I, I went from startup to startup right after that. So what was the first, do you mind talking about your first startup? And, you know, what'd you learn from that? You know, why did it fail? I went to an incubator and usually they don't like have like consultants because at the time I was a consultant and there was these uh, two guys that were working on a cryptocurrency company and that's something that interests me and uh, they I just asked, you know, hey, I think this this is a good idea and I want to be a co-founder. They said, sure. And we worked on it for a while and then we just realized that... um it wasn't really working out on the stuff that we're working on. Just a lot of things that we just uh, didn't really align, like value-wise. So I just felt like it wasn't the right starter for me. But they're all uh, they're all cool guys. But it wasn't just the right starter for me. And then, like I said, I was fortunate to go from startup to startup. What would you have done differently in the sense of how would you have identified that it wasn't a good startup for you at that time? Was there anything you could have done? Yeah, one of the things I definitely would have done is like to know more about like the co-founders about like the way that they work and then the way that they behave. I mean, a lot of the things that makes startups very successful is founders that have that share the same core value. And a lot of uh, techie founders, like they're, they're more like straightforward and they don't think about anything else. But like when it comes to like the CEO or uh, COO, stuff like that, they're more like the visionary, they're more open, stuff like that. So there needs to be a balance of things that makes uh, co-founders more balance in the sense that um they don't have to argue every <laughs> every two minutes about uh should we do this, should we do that, or I think we should do this, or stuff like that. Okay, awesome. Now like lessons did you really take forward after that, like that you're using in your current startup? I think that the main thing that I, I've learned from that is like having the founder with the same amount of, of values as well. And that's something that is very underestimated for most founders. You have to know your founder for a long time. And then like my mentor, like I knew him for about a year. So I knew him and I knew how he worked at the same time and he knew how I worked. So it wasn't a question of like, I hope I can trust this guy <laughs> as a co-founder. It was more like, I think we can work together. We just need to figure out what we need to do. That's moving forward. And then just making sure that they have an open communication so they don't lie. They, they don't um, hide secrets from each other. They keep open communication and just making sure that the startup goes well. And if it's not going well, then they need to talk together to see how they can fix it. What are some good marketing resources that you learned marketing from? Because you mentioned you took like an online course. Can you give some advice on how you would recommend someone to go about learning marketing on their own? In my case, the first online course that I ever taken, and I still recommend people to use it. I actually recommended somebody a few months ago to take this course, digital marketing course. And for people that just have no experience in digital marketing and from going to like no experience to have the skills to get a job with no degree. How much does that cost? Last time I remembered it was about $150. Yeah, that's that's nothing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of uh, courses that they sell about like $2,000 and it's like the ba it's basic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recommend that course any day. And even Udemy, there's a lot of great courses on Udemy for like $12. I'm sure that you've taken some uh, some of those courses on Udemy and you've, you like them, right? Yeah, I think I took a video editing course. And I'm not the best video. I didn't really finish it. But look, I got the fundamentals and I thought it was well worth the money. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's well worth the money for sure. I think one of the best course I, I've ever taken was, um, and it's free, actually, you can go on YouTube. It's called um, Y Combinator Online Startup School. It teaches you how to start a startup and actually go from like zero to $10,000 MRR, like 
basically gives you the right resources and the right mindset to start as a founder. And I have no regrets taking that course. I mean, like they teach you the things that you need to know. So like the main thing that I've learned, and this is something that people very underestimate is like talking to users, right? A lot of founders, they just don't talk to users and they just assume that they're going to get sales. And also like not just about sales, but it also builds like a relationship with your users, right? Because I talk frequently to my users, just making sure that they're good and, and how can I help and just making sure that they get a six out of five star experience. So that's my goal with them. Now, when you learn that talking to users is very important because I know people who it's easy to think, hey, my product is amazing. And it's easy to think like, hey, this is how it should be. But at the end of the day, the customer is always right. Exactly. It was day one from Y Combinator. There's a video called How to Talk to Users. And one of the main things is that like a lot of founders, they create something for them, which is good to start. But like founders also need to create a big solution to the pro- a problem that someone is facing. I'll give you an example. So like if you think of a, a Dropbox, for example, like they built a tool that basically helps people put their storage online without using a USB, right? And the way that he talked to users was he went to like local libraries with people that had USB sticks and he would go to people and just be like, um, Hey, like, uh, when, when it comes to like putting your storage on your computer, like, uh, you know, what's the problem? He's like, well, I just wish like there was a tool online for that. I think this is his, his origin story where, where it was like, um, he um, went on a trip and he was a school at the time and he forgot his USB stick. <laughs> so he could, so he couldn't really do much, much work there. Number one thing is just pretty much like, do you have that problem in it and, and see if other people have that problem as well. Okay. What are some insights that you learned, you know, generic insights that you learned by talking to users that you would have missed by not talking to them? Knowing like uh, our, our market pretty much like um, the way that we went on the approach of, um, to getting coaches and consultants that we just literally talk to coaches and consultants and see what tools are, are they using and um, what they like about it and what they don't like about it. Right. And based on that, we could kind of like mold it in a way that it's fitting for them. And that's like the main thing. It's just like, you want to learn like what they use, what they read, what they do. That's pretty much when it comes to that. What are some mistakes you've made and some challenges you faced? Challenges you face about uh, talking to users? No, just in general, just general throughout your journey. Reading books is something that is super important as a founder to do to keep your mind sharp. And I went for a long stretch of like just not taking any online courses and not reading any books. That kind of brings you to like a lazy mindset where it's it's just like you can know of, like you can be better just by like taking a few online courses per week and just like making sure your mind is sharp. Working out is important as well. Founders are, their job is required to have their mind sharp when they work, right? When they don't read books, when they don't work out, when they don't take online courses, their mind just becomes like less sharpened. So definitely that's something that I do do now. And that's something that I I just want to make sure that that I keep doing for sure. So that's the mistake that I've made is like just not doing that. Was it that when you didn't work out, you didn't read? Or was there a time that you read but didn't work out? The time that you worked out but didn't read? Did you have that? Or it was just like, hey, I didn't do anything and I did all this? I think it was just like the pandemic thing. Like uh, there was like no gyms uh, open and then I had like no weights at home. So like, it's just like my, my motivation for working out was just like when like plummeting and like the COVID stuff, it was almost like a seasonal seasonal depression where it's like, I just felt like n- not doing anything. And this is about like 
April uh, to like... So like six months ago. Yeah, exactly. And that was something that I just like, yeah, I had enough of just like not doing anything. So I want to be a good founder. So I need to like step up my game. And then hopefully and where I'm at, the, the pandemic and the, the COVID stuff is, is not as bad. So it opened earlier than most people did. So that got me back going to my feet there. These things happen slowly, right? It's like one day of not working out, one week of not working out, two weeks. When did you realize like, hey, I'm different and I got to snap out of this? I've been always an athletic person since I was born. So that's just something that if I didn't work out for four days, I just felt like lazy, right? I just like, I have to work out. I have to work out. And then I just like forced myself to just basically like go back to, to, to working out um, slowly but surely, right? Like, yeah, you can't just like say I'm running a marathon when you're not ready to run a marathon, right? It's just like, you know, starting from three days a week and then four days a week. And now I'm actually doing a uh, challenge right now. It's called the 75 hard challenge. And you have to work out two times a day. You have to drink a one gallon of water, read 10 pages uh, a day. You have to follow a diet, no alcohol, no cheat meals, uh, et cetera. So that helps me like keep a mind sharp. So, that's so why for I did 75 it. days? For 75 days straight, right. yeah. So how far are you into it? I'm on my fifth day today and I went jogging this morning. I really didn't want to go, but I did anyway. And um, that's just going to help me put my mental game sharpen. For sure. No, I mean, that's amazing. One of my, like, uh, I used to wrestle in high school and one of my favorite quotes from a wrestling camp was discipline is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. You know, you just sometimes like you don't want to run, you don't want to sort of do that, but you just sort of got to do it. And even a little goes a long way. Now, when did the book sort of play in? So you started going back to the gym. What was the book situation? Like you stopped going to the gym and stopped reading at the same time? It was kind of like an, an on and off thing. Like I would read a, like two books in a row and then I would just like not read for like a month, month and a half. And I would start, uh, start again. Um, so I just decided just to like read like a two chapters a day and then that's like less demanding, right? So I did that and then I can just like read every day now so i don't have to like usually I, w- I was like i need to read like five chapters today right and that's not really effective so i just basically found a strategy to just read like one two chapters a day and that's how i helped it helped me like read every day okay do you end up reading five chapters sometimes or strict you kind of stick to the one to two and if i'm like really intense in the book i could yeah but Usually, like, I kind of, like, stick it to one, one to two because Coach Lab and stuff work. So, but if I'm, like, really intense in the book, for sure. Yeah. Now, did you face any repercussions or issues with your parents when you sort of stopped college or they were pretty supportive of you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, they were supportive all the way, actually. With every parent, like, they, they're kind of, like, concerned, like, oh, like, what are you going to do when, when you're dropping out, right? And... I had a plan, right? And I basically showed him like my, my plan, this is what I want to do. Like, it was not like I'm quitting college and I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, right? So I showed him a plan and he said, like, hey, if you think that's the, the right move for you to do, like, go ahead. And like, I don't have any problem. We don't have any problem with that. And so, um, I, yeah, so I'm pretty fortunate to have parents like that, that supported that journey. You mentioned your brother and your brother was in business. Do you mind sharing like how he influenced you? My brother, um, he's not in business anymore. He's working for an AI company in Calgary. Um, but he was uh, doing a biotech startup before, actually. And he knows a lot about like startups and tech startups and, and uh, marketing. And so that kind of gave me like almost like a cheat code for like me knowing how to start up and giving me the right resources to um, work effectively and just making sure that I'm 
I know the right things I need to learn in order from going from A to B when it comes to starting a startup. So I kind of see my brother, my mentor, who's now my co-founder, as kind of like cheat codes for me to like get where I want to be, right? So. Yeah. Have you ever felt like insecure about not having the degree? There was a little bit of foam. I kind of explained the story. Like, um, I kind of like debated whether I wanted to leave college for like a good two months, right? I was talking to my my mentor. I was like, I want to leave college, but like, I just have this fear of like uh, having no degree and like I, nobody's going to hire me and stuff like that. He's like, well, based on my experience, I've seen a lot of people that have no degrees or people that hire people and they don't even ask for for the degree, right? We're go- going to a new era of having jobs with no degrees required, right? For us, example, like, it's good for you to have a college degree. I, I'm not going to be like, oh, you have a college degree. I'm not going to hire you, right? But, but I'm like, it's not an obligation for me to like, for, for you to have. I mean, like, if you can prove to me that you can do the work and you're dedicated and you, you share the, the same values as, as the company does, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me to hire, right? And I think that's the mindset of, like, every company should have. I mean, I can understand, like, you know, doctors and engineers, like, they need to have a degree. But, like, when it comes to, like, marketing and, and plumbing, stuff like that, like, you don't need to have a degree. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense for, for me to go two to three years in college to know something that I can learn in a few weeks. Yeah. Now... What are some things that you're still working on? What are some topics that you're still trying to learn more about? And how are you going about learning them? You can never stop learning about marketing and startups. I mean, uh, YC is still something that I watch to this day. I still watch a lot of, you know, Udemy course, always keep my mind sharp to making sure about like um, SaaS and stuff like that. And also like learning about our users as well. So like, um, learning about our, our industry and kind of know like what is the mindset of, of a coach, right? And, um, you know, like I said, my, my founder, he's been a coach, he's been a mentor and he's been a consultant. So he, he has that mindset, right? And for me as a 20 year old, it's for, important for me to like learn that as well. Now you're extremely young and, you know, into business and obviously there are a lot of courses. Now, how do you separate a good course from a bad course, right? Because there are people who are paying these two, three, five, ten K. You know, I've heard of crazy numbers for and it's basically like two or three books repackaged and upcharge. Yeah. So how do you sort of avoid that? And what would you recommend so someone can be more cost conscious or at least smarter about it? There's a lot of YouTubers that like expose like the fake gurus, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but a lot of times those fake gurus, they sell the dream instead of actually like learn what they want to learn, right? Like if they show like their Lamborghini that they probably rented, they sell, you know, if they sell the dream, you know, that's, that's a red sign, uh, red flag, I mean. A lot of things. And, and then if they don't really talk about like what you're going to learn, it's more like, you know, you can achieve this, you can achieve that. I basically know like from five seconds that I can tell this is not a good course, right? And courses that are between like $3,000 range, like you must give me a shit in a value before I even consider paying that amount, right? And one of my main coach right now, Dan Martell, he's a, he's a SaaS coach and he's giving me a lot of that value before I even considered like paying for his coaching, right? And he's a good coach. Like he actually teaches uh, what he preaches, right? And a lot of fake gurus, they never had that experience of actually like doing stuff like that. If you teach like how to sell stuff on Amazon, but they never had any experience, like that's a red flag. Background check is very important as well. Like if they say like you can make $30 million on e-commerce, but like if you check, they never made anything or they try to make something, but they failed like dramatically, 
that's a big red flag. It's kind of like one of the things where like, it's, it sounds like a good thing, but like they kind of overuse it. It's like testimonials and social proof. Like, oh, this person made $30 million. Because all that can be easily faked. Screenshots can be faked and all that. You have to really do the background check. But how'd you avoid it? Because I just know so many people who are sort of your age, their funnel is targeted. You're the prime demographic. How'd you like realize? Because a lot of people don't realize till they buy the course. And they like, oh, crap, it wasn't worth the money. Or they buy in, then they're like, they spent so much money that they justify why it's the best course ever. I think uh, for me, it's more like, um, what do I get out of it? So it's like, I want to learn this. Well, is this person teaching me this for free before I even consider buying his course? Yeah, for sure. Let's go back to the example with Dan. Like, He has a lot of free materials and a lot of free resources for, for me to use. And I'm like, well, imagine like if I pay him, right? <laughs> imagine the information he can give me if I pay him, right? Paying him was a really good idea. It was a good investment because like he was giving me a lot more than than the free resources, right? If he's giving you a lot of value before like even offering you anything, that's a good sign for you to like invest in that course. But if they're, like I said, like uh, selling you the dream of like having the, the Lamborghini or the Tesla before like sh- telling you about the product that they have. I mean, that's so true because... They all have these webinars and the webinars will just show the possibilities, but it won't show any tangible info. So it's basically get as much tangible info that you can because you know the paid info is going to be much better. That's the main thing that I, I, I look for. I don't know if you follow some of those like uh, channels that oh, like, expose I do. I love gurus. Them. Yeah. I think Mike Winnett is one of them who has who exposes a lot of them. You, you seen the uh, bingo thing? Yeah, I seen the entrepreneur bingo and I'll put that in the show notes. It's just very good because I just see it so much. It's like people who, you know, don't make and they target people who don't make a lot and they get them into debt and they don't really get much out of it. And it just really sucks because there's just like these Udemy courses that are 13 bucks. There's some courses, 150 bucks to 500. I mean, I paid whatever the two to three K for different courses. But again, they weren't selling a dream. They were it was something very specific like, hey, X, Y, Z. And the people live the life. And again, I would not recommend them as the first courses that you kind of take, more of the after you have get your feet wet. So now you don't have to disclose your salary, but what's the typical salary range for like someone in a startup, like early stage, like, you know, like a young person who's in their 20s, what can they expect to make? I think a lot of people in my age think that like, they're just going to start a company and they're going to make million dollars or sort of thin air. I wish it was like that. Have <laughs> me too, man. But that's not the case. I think one of the the main things when it comes to like the salary before even considering about like how much you're making, just like making sure that you love what you do, and like even though you're not making like any sort of money at the start, at least it's just making sure that every like every day you still you know love what you're doing, right? But at the beginning stage, I mean, like it really depends on like what you're selling and what's your, what's your price. It's hard for me to give give a clear answer on that, but. It really depends on what you're selling and, and what's the price of uh, what you're selling for sure. So you're around a lot of people who are in startups. Who shouldn't be in startups, right? Because it's really not for everyone. Who would you kind of say is not meant for startups? There's a lot of people that they think they're, they can be an entrepreneur, but really they're, they kind of like, they have the entrepreneur mindset where it's like, they always talk about how they want to build a successful business and how they always want to be the next Elon Musk, <laughs> but they're not, they never really do anything. These are not the type of people that should really be in space because starting a, a startup, it's not easy, right? And 
a lot of people just think like if I start a business, like somehow I'll just make money. And like a lot of people that have the mindset of entrepreneurs, like, and also like people that just want like a secure salary, right? I mean, some of these figures, like they talk about like, they really like shit on the nine to five, talk about like, it's like the worst thing ever, right? But it's not. There's a lot of people that they just like prefer like, um, yeah, steady a schedule, job. a steady paycheck. They don't have to worry. They have, you know, obligations. Cause I'm pretty sure, look, if I had a kid right now, I would be in a totally different position. If I had parents, I got to take care of, right? That salary is something I need. And some people just like stability, right? I mean, for me, I don't need it, but, and you, you know, you crave something else, but that's perfectly fine. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's everybody's direction, man. But a lot of people, they, it's better for them to just have a, a 95 job and people that just have like no money, like don't start a, a startup. If you really have like no money, you have a lot of debt, right? Like, if you're like over like $10,000 in debt and you have a lot of things to pay and like, it's not a good time to start a startup. That's pretty much uh, the answer to that. No, I think that's some great advice. Now, are you still in contact with your like high school friends? How did, are you still like, who are your friends now? I still talk to some of the people that I, I have in high school there. I mean, there, we all have, um, we all have good times in, in high school and we still talk once in a while. You realize over time that like you hang out with them in high school just because like you have no one else to, to hang out with, right? You don't even know who you are in high school. So you just hang out with anybody that thinks you're cool. I barely hang out with people that I, I have in high school because they, they don't really share the same core values as I do. I rather hang out with people that are in entrepreneur mindset. It's not because, uh, I, I don't like, like hang with them. Like I love having conversations with them. Right. But I rather surround myself with people that have the same sort of mindset as I do. Like I said, like I have good, uh, relationship with them. I rather hang out with, uh, you know, people like my brother who has the same mindset and my, uh, and my co-founder as well and people that are in my space as well. Yeah. No, I mean, that's very important. What are some books that have really impacted you? Like if you had to give like three books, two to three books that you would say, hey, you know what? If you want to learn X, Y, Z, this is what you got to do. What would you recommend? Yeah. So the first book that pops in my head is The Purple Cow by uh, Seth Godin. And the book basically talks about uh, creating a product that is worth talking about, right? I'll tell you a little bit of background about purple cows. So like, imagine you drive by a field every day and you see cows like, and like just regular, you know, cows. And then one day you drive by and you see a purple cow. That is worth talking about to your friends, right? So like, you need to create a product that is so remarkable that people will uh, talk about it as well. I got a book, a book, uh, thing here. Um, another book that it is a good book to read is, um, I will teach you to be rich by, uh, Ramit Sethi. Such a, I don't know if you read, read the book, but it's a really good book. And it's basically giving you the starter pack on how to set up your life financially. You don't have to like worry about like uh, money anymore. So it basically gives you like all the, the right advice for you to like make sure that your money is always uh, profiting. And anything else or those two are kind of what comes to mind? I have a book here. Let me just check. There's nothing popping in my head. Small Giants, which is a, a great book. And it's about um, companies that choose to be great instead of big. A lot of people, they think they need like 100 employees to like, you know, build successful companies. And that's not simply true, right? There's a lot of companies that have. Yeah, it was a small team. Yeah, it was a small team and they made over a billion dollars, right? Yeah. So that just proves to you that you don't need to have a big team to, to sell uh, and exit, right? Yeah, no. Nah. That's cool. Any specific stories that you, you're like dying to share that you find would be really helpful? I really like about like uh, the topic that we were talking about, uh, the, the figures. I mean, that, that's something that it's always like in my head <laughs> when it comes to like online courses. And I really want to make sure that people like buy 
the right um, course that people want to to buy. And the right courses know, are like they're worth the money. It's just you have to do your research. I think the ones I listened to, I got the typical email list. You know, you get the stuff, and then the guy had a podcast, and I was like, I listened to like a few episodes of the podcast, and it was like over a hundred episodes. So I was like, wow, this is like all the free advice. They definitely put a lot of stuff and there's no obligation. That was one thing that sealed the deal for me when I bought that course. The other one was the person had several books published and they were, I was connected to them for a year and it was also the right timing because I think the right timing is also very important because it's like, you know, buying how to start a SaaS, but you're completely broke and all that stuff and you're a bad position in your life, right? Now's not the time. No, man, because uh, I, I really want to learn about your advice about like making sure that people buy the right courses. Like, I'm just curious, like you, you asked me about the question on like, how yeah. can you detect it? Yeah. I just want to know like your perspective on that. You got to learn marketing, right? Because what these guys do is like they have you in their funnel. So you have to be identified. You have to know sales and marketing because once you can identify sales, you can identify when you're being sold to and you can identify how they're doing it. I really love what you said. You have to identify that they're giving you value because a lot of people, what they, they don't sell products. They sell hopes and dreams and the product is secondary. So it's like, and they keep on, I think Mike Winnett has the great one where it's like the entrepreneur bingo. If they're using all these tactics, if they're just really being super aggressive, that I find that the best courses, they're not high pressure salesmen, right? They're not like, Hey, you have to buy this. You have to buy this. This is amazing. And then again, do look on forums for reviews. Look on that stuff because forums, I can create a hundred testimonials if I really wanted to, right? You go take photos, you go take this, you could pay people like 50 bucks for a testimonial and all that. But I think just really knowing the sales, knowing the personalities of the people. And then a lot of the fake gurus, they have bad people who work with them, have bad things to say about them. People who have bought their product have said they gotten ripped off because, you know, they'll say 30 day money back guarantee and they won't get their money back or all that thing. So I think it's like a little bits and pieces, but it comes down to sales and marketing. You know, those two things, you'll understand like, oh, this is exactly what they're doing. They're not, why are they selling me a life or a dream? Because they know that's what people like. It's less tangible. It's so that's kind of what I, I would do. It's just, and I would say read a lot of books. Books are like five to 10 bucks. And maybe an expensive book is like 20 bucks. Read a couple of books on marketing, on sales and all that. And then once you learn enough, you'll see that a lot of these people all they do is turn the books into videos. And in my opinion, it's, there's no point in paying $2,000 for a course when it's $10 for the book. And I can give a quick lesson when it comes to, to reading books for sure. Like, I have no doubt that like reading books is definitely one of the best investments that I've went on over time, right? No doubt in my mind. The good thing about reading books, it basically gives you the right mindset of like the philosophy. Like a lot of uh, Seth Godin book, Seth Godin books is all about like a marketing, right? And it doesn't really give you like the practical skills, but it gives you like the philosophy of the new age marketing, right? The permission marketing, just making sure that you get permission before you even offer something, right? Making sure that your product is remarkable, that people talk about it, all these things, right? And then once you have like the mindset of, you know, the, the actual good marketer, then you can see tactics that would help, right? That's a, a good thing as well. Like books are definitely a, a good thing. But one of the things about reading books is that like people read books just for, for the sake of reading books, which is like can be a good thing, but can also be a bad thing as well. If you want to learn more about like marketing, don't go read a, you know, a financial book, right? Make sure that the book that you read has to a certain extent, a solution to the problem you're having. And that's my direction when it comes to like reading books. 
Because you don't want to like pedestal learn, right? You don't want to like read something and then like you just like forget it. And then like four weeks later, you're like, fuck, I forgot, you know, what were the books? What about, right? So just make it, make sure that you read the book and then you actually test after reading a book, you test it to see if it actually works. And then it kind of keeps in your head. Um, because when it comes to like people that dropped out of college, uh, usually they're the type of people, the type of people that they learn through experience, right? And me, like, like looking at a textbook for like three hours, like I can't do that. I really cannot, right? For me, it's like I need to read, which is really important, but I also need to experience it as well. And then that will, you know, jam in my head. And I think to add on to that, one of the, my favorite quotes is knowledge without application is useless. It's very important to read, but if you don't apply what you read, then it's essentially just stored back somewhere and it's not making most sense right so it does make sense to read what makes sense it's going to solve a problem for you and then sometimes read a book again like there's some books that oh yeah i would recommend you read again just because the first time you're kind of getting the principles and ideas and then the second time you already know the principles and ideas now you're thinking a lot while reading the book right you're kind of thinking more about the applications uh, definitely, I read a, a couple times. Like, there's definitely a couple books that I've read about like two, four, two, three times for sure. Like you said, the first time it's kind of like it's kind of in your head, but you know it's fresh. It's the second time you're getting into it, but the third time you're like, okay, I got it. Definitely, um, the, some a few books that I would definitely read again. Like I said, the Purple Cow is a good book. Small Giants as well. All these books that uh, help you um, do that. And I think another thing, and I, I think you might agree on that, is like. There's a lot of books that just like filter the same thing that they're talking about. There's a few few books that I, I was just like reading and it just like talks about the exact same thing like throughout the whole book. Have you ever read the um the the book um what was it 10x? 10x. Nah, I mean, I'm not a big Cardone fan, so I didn't read it. Whatever people want to say about Cardone, I don't really look into his stuff. I I think I need to like research his stuff there, but I read one of his few chapters there and um it talked about it's my duty it's my obligation like i understand like i get it yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like you Just can get, like look give me at the, the tangible stuff yeah exactly i mean like you can look at the book and you can see exactly what he's talking about just like whatever you do like 10 exit like, yeah yeah okay okay like i get it but yeah, yeah. like give me stuff to, to work with right okay, okay. <laughs> right, so yeah no i mean look some people are very good at you know taking the same thing and people you know some people swear by it so you know to each their own but now let's start to wrap up what advice would you have to yourself or someone in a similar position to you you know who's in that position before college or they're early in college and they're like kind of thinking like hey this isn't for me what advice would you have for them self-awareness and just know what your values and and you stand for because a lot of high school kids they don't know who they are and they don't have any values and they have a lot of uh, insecurities, right? So I definitely would like take the time to like take an online course about like finding your values or like see a therapist to like know who you really are because like um, a lot of people, they want to start a business, but they are scared of like what people are going to say, right? I bring back having values is so important that it's like it will, once you have values, like your insecurities will kind of like just fade away, kind of like magic, right? I don't know if you read The Soil Arts of Not Giving a Fuck, I know of that book and it's, I know it's a very, very good book. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the few chapters, like people are saying it, it's like basic, but like it kind of like brings you to like what he's actually talking about. And it's definitely the best book when it comes to like, uh, finding who you are. Yeah. I think sure. it's a great book for a young high school kid or mm-hmm. early college. It's definitely a perfect book for that. So how would people get in contact with you? 
if you can send me an email uh, to uh, coachlab.io, I mean, that's where I'm at as well. I mean, if you want to uh, try out um, Swift site, we're actually giving a uh, special deal here. I don't know if uh, you want me to plug yeah, here, but... Okay. For the first, uh, if people are listening, if you're a coaching consultant, if you want to try out the product, you know, we're giving uh, a 20% discount for for the first 10 people that sign up after this uh, podcast. So that's pretty much it there. I, I should have asked about the plug there before. No, no, no. You know, honestly, I'm going to tell you, always give a plug. I was listening to a podcast and he was like, one mistake a lot of guests make is like, they don't have a plug. You have to have, like, if you're going on someone's show, have a plug have an offer because you it, it's just wasted so i you don't have to ask man if you're giving a discount and you're adding value and as long as you're not selling you're not one of the fake gurus so you know and if you were uh, i wouldn't have you on so no i don't have to worry about that <laughs> oh i mean thank you for your time thank you for the advice i think this is a really informative episode especially i think a lot of people will really get value out of this and thank you for sharing your story yeah no problem glad to be here man another great episode thank you for listening Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and we'll go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com. Yeah, so, you got no degree? No problem. No problem. Any problem, we can solve them. We got this. Linked insomnia keeps us evolving, growing in the knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. Linked insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree. No problem, any problem we can solve them. Linked insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. 